live across Kansas on the Game Day Radio Network and worldwide at PowerCatGameDay.com. K-State fans, it's time. Looks over that Kansas State defense. There's the snap. Looking middle. Now pressure. Goes down. He goes down on the Wildcat. Sack him. It's Felix and Udike Usama with a minute 44 to go. Wildcat Nation. Welcome to Powercat Game Day. Oh, the Wildcats block it. The ball is picked up at the eight-yard line and the Cats are going to score. Touchdown, Kansas State. Here's a handoff and Deuce straight ahead. Deuce in the open. Here he goes. He's at the 30 to the 20 to the house. The Deuce is loose. Touchdown, Kansas State. It's 13-0 Wildcats. Powercat Game Day is powered by Prairie Land Partners, your local John Deere headquarters for sales, parts, and service with 15 locations throughout Kansas. Online at prairielandpartners.com. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. Don't get stuck on the bench with a sports injury. Get back in the game with the same doctors trusted by Kansas State University. Online at kansasortho.com. The McCain Performance Series. Bringing the best to the Flint Hills in Broadway, music, theater, family shows, and comedy. Kids under 17 always have price. Get your tickets online today. And beds for less. Manhattan's leader in low-priced, high-quality mattresses. Offering the largest selection of in-stock name-brand mattresses. The biggest pregame show in the Big 12 starts now. Wildcat fans, this is Powercat Game Day. Don't trust anyone that says you can't do it. Show them you can. That was one said by Rapunzel. How about this one from Derek Jeter? I love it when people doubt me. It makes me work harder to prove them wrong. Here's another one for you. Nothing is impossible. Even the word itself says I'm possible. That was from Jackie Chan. But we'll wrap up with this one. Well, 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 how the turntables, Michael Scott. I think you know what I'm saying. Welcome to PowerCat Game Day. My name is Mitch Fortner, and it is game number five of the K-State football season. An offensive turnaround by the Cats last Saturday in Norman, Oklahoma. They stun the number six Sooners, and K-State beats Oklahoma. It's 84,000 fans in the stadium, the strobe lights, and the PA announcer by the final score of 41-34. to Again, my name is Mitch Fortner, public address announcer for K-State, and with me is, once again, my co-host from the Three Mile Podcast. Podcast. We have Cole Manbeck and Derek Young. Cole, a former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury, and Derek Young is with Casey Online that is now with On3. We're going to be with you for the next two hours talking about cats, talking about Texas Tech, and everything in between. We'll talk about Texas Tech later on in the show, but let's recap this game against Oklahoma boys. Adrian Martinez, 9 a.m. with 382 all-purpose yards and five touchdowns. Derek, it felt like a night and day reload for Adrian after the game we saw against Tulane and a brilliant performance against Oklahoma. Yeah, one of the questions I had for him uh, in the post-game press conference in Norman was, you know, you threw for about 240, you ran for about 150, you had five touchdowns. I know you've had big games in Nebraska as well, but is this your best performance of your career? And without hesitation, he said absolutely. I mean, you know, he had that good of a night where it topped anything that he has ever done at Nebraska. And the difference being is he had the finishing play for Kansas State in, in this one um, inside Gaylord Oklahoma Memorial Stadium where, he, you know, the 55-yard quarterback scamper, which wasn't even a designed run, which put the game on ice and, and um, you know, put him on the way to scoring his fifth touchdown, fourth on the ground. So in those situations, that's where his downfall was in Lincoln, um, where he didn't come through. He would just come up short on the critical play and, and instead make the critical mistake. For the Wildcats, he was near perfect. 
Um, if you ask Colin Klein, he still has some things to iron out and some bits and pieces of his work that can be refined. But, you know, to the casual observers like us that might not have a microscope on his performance the way that his coaches will and to kind of perfect his craft, it was a marvelous performance. There wasn't much that he could have done differently or done better um, from a statistical you know, standpoint. He pushed the ball downfield. He was aggressive um, with his arm. He wasn't afraid to take shots. He wasn't. He didn't hesitate to push it downfield. Uh, some of the recipients of his aggressiveness were Malik Knowles having one of the better games that he's had in quite some time, and the same for Ben Sinnott, who had a career night with four catches and 80 yards. But probably more than anything, I loved what he did on the ground. He wasn't coming up you know, by sliding a yard or two before he should have short of the sticks or running out of bounds and not getting you know that extra yardage in a tight situation. <laughs> he was aggressive, excuse me. He was aggressive on the ground as well, um, running through arm tackles, and it was the fastest he's ever looked. I know this is long-winded, but it was that kind of a performance for 9 a.m. Yeah, it really was, D.Y. and Cole. Another place we saw the offense really grow from the two-lane game to the win over Oklahoma is they, they put together some impressive drives. Six of their seven scoring drives were for 69 yards or more, and what really grew statistically is how K-State was able to convert on third and fourth down. Well, just a week before, they couldn't get a yard or two, Mitch, when they were in second and two, third and two, third and one, fourth and ones. They couldn't get that yard. And in this game, they were able to convert a third and 16, a third and 12, a third and nine, a couple of third and fives. Uh, They sustained, they had four drives to your point that went 10 plays or more uh, in that game. They had long drives. And as a result, they ran 83 offensive plays, which were the most plays a K-State team has ran in a game dating back to 2011 at Oklahoma State in that wild contest in Stillwater that was 52 to 45. Uh, you know, Chris Kleiman said they wanted to up the, the snaps, the plays, get them into the lower 70s this year after running only 58 plays per game last year, which was dead last in the country. They did it on Saturday, 83 plays, just a, a really special performance by this offense. And, you know, they, they ran the ball effectively when they needed three yards on third and three. Deuce Vaughn found a way to get those three yards or Adrian Martinez found a way to get it. Uh, and as a result, that, that was a key part of the game because K-State won the time of possession battle by 10-plus minutes, which was crucial because the way that OU offense puts it puts it on the gas, puts their foot on the gas, and tries to go high-paced, hurry-up offense, you got to keep your defense on the sideline as much as you can, and Kansas State's offense was able to do that. Now, Cole, you uh, watched the game from Tanner's in Manhattan. It looked like you were having a good time, along with uh, John Kurtz, who was there, part of the Three Mile podcast. I wasn't at the game. I was watching it at my girlfriend's house in Wamigo, but D.Y. was there. Now, K-State has won four of the last six games in Norman, but I don't think the atmosphere was quite like that was seen and heard in Norman this uh, this past Saturday. D.Y., was it really that over-the-top like we've heard about? It, it really was, the, especially, I guess, the, the light show and the PA announcer, which I know you alluded to both um, during your your opening uh, monologue of sorts there, but it was distracting for anything. And to be honest, it almost plagued Oklahoma more than it helped. It probably did, especially the uh, the third down. You know, the long, you know, saying third third down for you know twenty seconds long, just the announcer going on and on and on. It threw off the the, the snap cadence on a couple of different occasions for Oklahoma. When they were on when they were on offense and, um, and and getting a first down and caused a couple of false starts from their offensive line and you could tell that they were frustrated. I think it was even their frustration was even overheard on the 
the referee's microphone at one point. So uh, that was definitely over the top. The the lights, even we heard some whispers from Kansas State players and coaches even after the fact that, you know, how frustrating it was for them that they would go on the field in a third down situation and seconds before the snap, they're still blinking the lights in the stadium. Um, just something that you never really see. And to be honest, I'm surprised that it was allowed to go uncontested at any point. Ty Zentner, you could see him on the field during the game at one point being pretty frustrated as he's getting ready to punt the ball and they're still flashing the lights. It's dark in the stadium at one point. So, yeah, just a weird atmosphere and weird that that kind of environment is allowed. Yeah, as a fellow public address announcer in the Big 12, I also do the the long third down call, not that long. But, you know, it's third down, the K-State defense is on the field, and I time it out to where, okay, they're they're either breaking out of the huddle or they got the call from the sideline, they're going to start to set up the formation, I'll start the third down call, and I wrap it up when the cadence starts and the music stops. At K-State, we do it the right way. We show our sportsmanship, let's put it that way. Uh, it wasn't that obvious, I thought, on TV, but uh, you, they did promote the whole light thing before the game like this was going to be a big part of the fan experience but i didn't think the uh you can tell on tv that the pa announcer was that involved uh with uh, disrupting the game it was a very high school-esque kind of show that they put on well despite all the noise all the bells and whistles and all the crowd noise k-state they got it done winning 41 34 over oklahoma now they move on to texas tech but i did want to also point it as well k-state receiving a ton of honors for this victory in norman including adrian martinez and kobe savage receiving a big 12 honors from the conference weekly honors the team received the cheese it bowl national team of the week they got like a pallet of cheese it's delivered to veneer for that honor chris Kleiman was named the bobby dodd trophy coach of the week adrian martinez also receiving the manning award star of the week he was one of the players named also the davy o'brien national quarterback of the week and 9 a.m was named a semifinalist earlier this week for the campbell trophy but that's in the past now moving on to the Texas Tech Red Raiders, and still to come here in Hour 1, we'll hear from Ryan Hyatt the from the Raiderland.com to talk about the Red Raiders and what they've done so far this season as we preview the matchup. But coming up next, we're going to hear from Adrian Martinez and get his thoughts on his game this past Saturday against the Oklahoma Sooners. Powercat Game Day brought to you by Prairie Land Partners, your local John Deere headquarters for sales, parts, and service with 15 locations throughout Kansas, online at Prairie landpartners.com you're listening to power cat game day gonna use that for all the action this is power cat game day orthopedic and sports medicine center offers innovative cutting-edge physical therapy from blood flow restriction rehabilitation dry needling dari a biochemical movement analysis fall prevention and return to sport osmc physical therapy has over 75 years of combined treatment experience and deliver a successful and positive outcome while making the rehabilitation process pleasant and enjoyable at orthopedic and sports medicine physical therapy no referrals are needed to schedule your therapy appointment for more information visit us at kansasortho.com Prairie Land Partners has made it easy for you to shop online. Choose your equipment, pick attachments, and even apply for financing all at jdbuyonline.com. Whether you're looking for a John Deere riding lawnmower, compact utility tractor, utility vehicle, or compact construction equipment, Prairie Land Partners has what you need to get the job done. Get started shopping today at jdbuyonline.com. Delivering the right solution. Prairie Land Partners. 
Head Game Day Forecast. I gotta be honest, I love this weather. This is the weather, the kind of weather I live for. We're talking about today in Manhattan, Kansas, a high of 79. Sunshine should be comfortable out at the stadium today. A light east wind. And even tonight, clear and 47. I like it. Warm during the day, cooling off during the night. Fall weather is finally here. So it should be a pleasant day at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The Powercat Game Day forecast is brought to you by Allington Insurance. Feel like family, not just a number. Call Allington Insurance for home, auto, renters, and business insurance. They know insurance, so you don't have to. Well, coming up here in just a few moments, we'll hear from Adrian Martinez and his reaction to his bounce-back performance, taking down the Oklahoma Sooners 41-34. to Back on PowerCat Game Day, Mitch Fortner, Cole Manback, and Derek Young. A couple of more things reacting to the win against Oklahoma. Now, defensively, unfortunately, it doesn't feel like the defense is going to get a whole lot of talk to because again, the headlines are all around what Adrian Martinez has been able to do this time very successfully against Oklahoma. But Cole, I'd love to hear about what you thought about the defense's performance who allows 34 points rather, giving up over 550 yards of offense, but still got the job done. Kind of a mixed bag, Mitch. Uh, you know, really in the grand scheme of things, they held OU to 27 points essentially as they were kind of in a prevent defense. You know, that last minute 50 when they went back out on the field and you know, OU was bound to score with the way K-State was playing. It just focused on burning some clock. But, you know, they they missed a lot of tackles in that game. There were some busted coverages, certainly. And there were probably a couple plays that Oklahoma could have hit on that were pretty wide open. I think back to K-State was up 14-7. to Drake Stoops put a heck of a move on Kobe Savage and was wide open 10 yards. Nobody within him should have been probably a touchdown, but Gabriel overthrew him. And then a fourth and five where Gabriel missed on a wide open stoops where he kind of lost his footing as well. And K-State got the turnover on downs. But that being said, I'm not going to take anything away from K-State's defense because that's an extremely difficult offense to defend that came into that game top five in the country. And pretty much every metric you can find has a really dynamic running back in Eric Gray. Gabriel, we know how good he's been in his career. And Marvin Mims is one of the better receivers if not in the conference, one of the better receivers in the country is explosive and, you know, averaging over 22 yards per catch. So aside from the missed tackles, which is going to happen, they're going to get mismatches on the defense. I thought the, the real big key to this game was Kansas State's ability to get off the field on third and fourth down. Oklahoma was five of 15 combined, 33% on third and fourth down. And really where the defense won the battle was inside the red zone and just outside the red zone to hold Oklahoma to a couple of those field goals when Oklahoma had a chance to tie it up both those occasions and they were only able to get it within four because they held them to field goals. I thought that was huge in the game because K-State kept kept coming up with a call, coming bouncing back and not letting them get it evened up. And then K-State would go down and score. So they just kept them enough at arm's length and credit to the defense for making plays when it matters. Yeah, and I agree. And I back to Dylan Gabriel and you know, some of his missed throws. I mean, part of that success for the defense as well just needed a little bit of luck. I mean, a difference between this game and the previous three wins in Norman is that they didn't turn over uh, the Oklahoma offense. And, and kudos to Oklahoma for not turning over the football. You didn't see really anything bad when it comes to dangerous throws from Dylan Gabriel. Needed some luck, but to the missed tackles, yes, that was my biggest concern after the win against Oklahoma. But after guys would whiff, Austin Moore whiffed on a tackle. He comes back with a sack. Kobe Savage 
whiffs on a tackle. I mean, he had double-digit tackles in the game, and he was named Big 12 Newcomer of the Week. I thought I, I saw guys redeeming themselves through the night. They make a mistake, they come back. Most of them would come back and make a play not too long after that mistake. Now, going back to the offense, Derek, one thing I wanted to bring up as well that we haven't talked about yet is the improvement of the offensive line. And it was definitely much needed, but also I call it impressive, and I'll let you speak on this, because of all the adversity they faced in Connor Riley's room. Yeah, they've, they're kind of snake bit right now, and they're going to have the same problem going into today's game as well, where they're still shorthanded. They lost Taylor Portier for the entire season, as most know by now, as he got injured, I think, in game one, right? Um, and then Andrew Langag is now out indefinitely per head coach Chris Kleiman, and that really shrinks the rotation because the number of meaningful contributors that they have remaining that they expected to play vital roles this season has already shrunk by two, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, it has rushed Hadley Panther into the starting lineup. Hadley um, is playing right guard, and Hayden Gillum is probably playing more center snaps than the envisioned. He was the starter, you know, and hasn't relinquished that duty, but they anticipated him sharing snaps with Hadley Panther at center, and that hasn't been the case because they needed Panther so much at other spots along the offensive line. They They've had a lot of bad luck. They're going to have to kind of bring along other guys and, and have them more ready than maybe they thought they would play them. And that's Dawson Del Forge. He came in when Cooper BB had uh, cramps in Norman. And then the week before when KT Leviston had cramps, you saw some snaps from Carver Willis. And, and he's going to have to – there's going to be a time this year just because of who they are without at the moment where Carver Willis is going to have to play a chunk of snaps um, in crunch time. And it's going to be very significant duty, and he's going to have to come through for them. Uh, and we'll see what happens when that time comes, if he rises to the occasion or not. Uh, he played really good football, his true freshman year, actually, at Kansas State in 2020. So we'll see if he can rebound from some of the struggles he's had since then and kind of return to that form or hopefully, you know, even better. At the same time, this group has kept it together somehow. They haven't allowed a sack since week one. That was against South Dakota. So take that into consideration. They haven't allowed a sack this year against an FBS opponent yet. Yeah, one of four teams in college football over the last three weeks that hasn't allowed a sack. Uh, Oregon, the only other Power 5 team. Now, you know, a lot of that's a credit to the offensive line. Huge credit to Deuce Vaughn and his ability to pick up the blitz as well, stand in there as a smaller running back and take these guys right on in the chest, stand his ground. Uh, and let's be honest, a, a large part of it goes to Adrian Martinez, who has just been tremendous with his pocket presence and navigating the pocket and sensing pressure when it came. It was one of the most impressive things he did against Oklahoma is when there was pressure, he would sense it and roll out, throw across his body, make a play downfield. He was really dynamic in that game. But this is about the offensive line. And the one thing I wanted to say, you know, they took some heat, including from myself against Tulane. I didn't think they came ready to play and were physical enough. And a large part of the reason in case they convert on third and fourth and short in that game. Uh, but in this game, Kansas State runs for 275 yards. Some most against a Brent Venables defense going back to his Clemson days, all the way back to the season opener against Georgia in 2014. That's the most rushing yards a team has had against this defense. Deuce Vaughn was terrific, the cuts he was making, but the holes this offensive line was opening up, they were phenomenal in that game. And it you know, it led to ultimately Kansas State's offense producing 3.4 points per drive, which was the second highest over the last 122 games against a Brent Venables coach defense. You have to go all the way back to 2013 to find the third highest performance in points per drive 
it was a special performance by the Kansas State offense, and that offensive line came ready to play. Well, the man of the hour of that win over the Oklahoma Sooners was quarterback Adrian Martinez, and he is the subject of our player interview this week that is brought to you by Becker Auto Trailers and Campers. Wanting to pay less and still be treated the best, shop Becker Auto's Trailers and Campers Supercenter. That's in Beloit. Over 10 acres of inventory and hurry in for the 2022 model year clearance on new campers or shop 24-7 at BeckerAutos.com. Here's Adrian Martinez with the media back on Tuesday. How the body feel um, better after a win always does right so you know you get a little banged up but that's part of it I gotta ask you what did the yell leader say to you after the run did the who yell leader from Oklahoma say to you? <laughs> uh, I don't even know I could just tell by his body language he was saying something reckless so <laughs> it's like alright whatever the game's almost over now so and is the 9am Bowie merchandise available yet no no it, I'm not currently working on that currently working on some Texas Tech stuff but hey if someone puts it together that'd be sweet on the 55 yard run were you manipulating number 5 with your eyes what's your read on that play yeah so identifying man coverage uh, post snap I was more trying to manipulate him to throw a, a seam ball ideally um, but how it worked out helped me with the run. You know, I wouldn't say it was for the purpose of the run. On a play like that, how do you balance when when you give up on finding a receiver and just take off, uh, you know, versus how long do you wait to see if anybody gets open? Yeah, you know, as we've said in some previous weeks, it's, it's all about finding that line between making plays and, and making the smart plays. So it's kind of instinctual at that point. And given the situation, third and 16, getting yards regardless would have been a good play for us. Adrian, your line played really well through the game, but watching that 55-yard run, you had five defenders coming at you and five linemen, and they gave you enough time to evaluate the situation and go untouched. I think it's the little things that are – little overlooked the line played great all night they gave deuce and i running lanes they held up really strong all night against random pressures um a really good front in oklahoma um those guys deserve all the credit in the world and they were able to bounce back we all had a tough game the week before and we bounced back stayed confident and, and that group really proved themselves how much does it mean to adrian martinez to hear throughout the week we trust in our quarterback and we know we trust in his skills that vote of confidence was big for me. Being able to be honest and kind of install confidence at the same time, I think is pretty awesome. Coach Kleiman and Coach Klein as well, because they challenged me, you know, and I felt like I needed that. And uh, that vote of confidence was huge, not only from them, but from my teammates. And I, I felt that throughout the week. How many calls did you hear from after A lot, yeah, <laughs> a lot. My, my phone blew up and it's always cool to, to get that kind of support. And I was definitely appreciative of, of all the people that reached out to me. On your first touchdown run in the fourth quarter, when you had the fake handoff to Deuce, he goes left and you go right. How did you uh, sell the face to You know, I think it's natural because I, I could have handed it to him too. So it wasn't necessarily a, a just quarterback run all the way. It could have gone to Deuce as well. And I think that's what makes it tough for defenses because they're going to have to pick one or the other. And um, sometimes I'll give it to Deuce, sometimes I'll keep it. And defenders have to react one way or the other. What's your opinion be right? It's rare. It's cool. It's very cool, but it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's it's temporary. You, you have to prove it. And um, I think it, it's a cool thing for this team, but it's not what we're after. You know, there's still a lot on the horizon, and, and we have an incredible opponent coming in here who's who's knocked off a, a ranked team before. So. You've been on the stage before. At what point do you hit that reset button and move forward to the next week? Yeah, uh, almost immediately. You try and enjoy that win, but... Playing in the Big 12, playing against a really good opponent this week, you have to be able to, to reset and focus on the next team because 
look, if we're not prepared, they're going to beat us. Anybody can beat anybody any given Saturday, so we'll be ready. Was your mindset totally different when you stepped on the field in Norman? Uh, I wouldn't say totally different, but I felt like I really wanted to embrace the, the cut it loose and playing aggressive with an aggressive mindset. Um, said that early in the week, and I was really trying to embrace that throughout the week, and especially Saturday. Is that still your mindset here yeah. going, going up against Texas State? Absolutely. Um, it's just one game, you know, and uh, you have to be able to be consistent, and that's what I'm striving for. So want to continue to um, bring some of those things that helped our success last Saturday into this season, this Saturday, and moving forward. What stands out with Texas Tech's defense as you prepare for them? Yeah, they're a really lengthy group. They have a, a solid front, and uh, they play a little bit differently than what we've seen the last couple of weeks. So uh, it'll be a, a great challenge for us, and, and they've had some success. What did your parents say after seeing you live for the first time? Yeah, I mean, they were just just excited to be there. Really cool moment for me that it was the first game they came to. Happened to be probably the, the best one of, of my career so far. So um, really cool moment for us to share together and just thankful I could go hug them after the game. When was the last time that you hit that second gear to put you loose for that 55-yarder? Shoot. Earlier in the game. <laughs> you know, uh, those guys will make you run fast now. They, they had some speed in the secondary, so. I guess some other people talk about how neat they thought it was the band was waiting for you when you got home. Was that a yeah. cool deal? Never experienced something like that in my life. You know, uh, I was a little shocked. I heard the noise. I was like, what? It's 2.45 in the morning, you know? Like, what is that? And walking out, big crowd supporting us. I think it speaks to the pride that this place has and the true community that Kansas State is. So it meant a lot to us. And some of them were in pajamas. I mean, I couldn't blame them. Like, they were just out there uh, loving the moment. So it made it even more special. A big thank you to Adrian Martinez for his time on Tuesday. We'll take another time out here on Power K Game Day. And when we come back, our first look at Texas Tech and our opponent spotlight with Ryan Hyatt from the Raiderland.com. This is Power K Game Day. Stream PowerCat Game Day live four hours before every game online at PowerCatGameDay.com. More PowerCat Game Day continues next. No matter if your flight is departing or arriving, travel is more convenient when you fly local with Manhattan Regional Airport. Connect to anywhere in the world with five daily flights to Dallas and Chicago. Plus, by booking your next flight through Manhattan Regional Airport, you'll spend less time driving, saving you both gas and time. Why spend hours on the road when you can spend more time at your destination? Or more importantly, getting home quicker to the ones you love. It's time for you to enjoy the convenience of flying local. Book your next flight today at flymhk.com. The challenge flag has been thrown. It's taken the ref a long time to review the play. This may not be good. Oh, wait. Here he comes. Al Langton Insurance can save them hundreds of dollars. No penalty, but we highly recommend them see Robbie or Kate today for a quote. Has it been a while since you've had your insurance reviewed? Give Al Langton Insurance a call today for auto, renters, or homeowners. Al Langton Insurance. They know insurance so you don't have to. 776-4091 or on the web at langtonins.com. And don't forget to like them on Facebook. Welcome back to PowerCat Game Day, brought to you by Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. Don't get stuck on the bench from sports injury. Get back in the game with the same doctors trusted by Kansas State University. Online at KansasOrtho.com. The 25th-ranked K-State Wildcats hosting Texas Tech. Both teams are 3-1 overall and 1-0 in Big 12 play at 11:02 from Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Well, this series... 
K-State leads all-time 13-9. This is going to be the 23rd meeting all-time. The Cats have won six in a row, which is the longest streak for either team. And K-State has also won 10 of the last 11 meetings. The only loss was in 2015 in Lubbock. Well, Skylar Thompson, two years ago, the game the last one played between these two teams in Manhattan, a season-ending injury, but K-State still won that game 31-21 in 2020. The last win for Texas Tech in Manhattan was in 2008 by the final score of 58-28. to It's now time for the opponent spotlight. Let's get to know the Texas Tech Red Raiders with Ryan Hyatt from the Raiderland.com. Ryan, to start off, just one K-State fan asking a question to one Texas Tech fan. How did it feel to beat Texas in OT on Saturday? You know, it's just another game around here. Uh, it really didn't have much meaning. Obviously, the fans weren't that engaged. It, you didn't have many people at the game. It wasn't a 60,000-plus seat sellout or anything, and when it was over, they didn't really run out on the, uh, you know, on the stadium floor and celebrate with the team. It's just just another day in West Texas. Well, Ryan, I did notice that Texas Tech was fined fifty grand by the Big Twelve, also publicly reprimanded from after the fans rushing the field, and there was an altercation between Tech fans and some players from Texas. But where did that money come from? Did that come from like a savings account that's supposed to be saved for if there is a time that Texas Tech decides to leave for the SEC or Pac-12? <laughs> exactly. Actually, okay. So after the Big Twelve assessed the uh, what was it, fifty thousand? I don't even know what it was. Yeah, fine. Uh, a local bank, Citibank, uh, named after the city. Citibank uh, here locally uh, ponied up the 50000 and said, we're good to go if you want to do this again a couple more times this year. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was, I was kind of playing it down a little bit. Yeah, it's a big deal. This game's been going on for a long time. Probably the last time Texas will ever play in Jones Stadium if these teams even play each other again anywhere in the foreseeable future, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And I'm fine not playing Texas anymore. Go do what you want to do. Enjoy, you know, you've been seven, eight win team in the Big Twelve. Enjoy being a five and four one team in the SEC. Yeah, it mattered. It was a big deal, and it was a, a really special Saturday there at Jones Stadium. Well, Ryan, let's start talking about the uh, Red Raiders who will visit Manhattan on Saturday. Eleven a.m. is the kickoff. First of all, your offense is running pretty quickly. I would say, averaging ninety four plays a game. That's most in the country. Second best in the Big Twelve is Oklahoma State at seventy nine a contest. I don't know if you keep a stopwatch there with you in the press box and time every snap and what's left on the play clock. But uh, do you know an average on how quickly that tech is snapping the ball right now? I tell you what's interesting. It's not that they're playing like their hair's on fire or the old Cliff Kingsbury, we want to get nine plays or even uh, go on all the bleach or anything. It's just they've gone really long drives. Let's go back to the 70s and 80s in the Big Eight when Nebraska and Oklahoma would roll up 75, 85 plays. It's just because you maintain the ball. They're going 13 play drive. They're clicking it off. Uh, I will say this, that could leave the new offense does a good job of getting the play in quickly. And it allows them to get to the line of scrimmage, not in a hurried fashion, but with the ability to either change out of the play if it doesn't work or run the play. But it's, it's not necessarily by design that they're trying to run up there just as quick as they can. It's by converting first downs on second down, converting first downs on third down, and running these long drives. It's really, and you know, uh, maybe we'll see some of that there in Manhattan this weekend, maybe we won't, depending on the K-State defense, but it's a different uh, style of clicking off plays. Now a quarterback, I know when Tyler Schott got hurt during the uh, the Murray State game, it was put out there a few days later, maybe three to six weeks with that collarbone injury. Well, I guess now it's been three weeks. Would there be any chance, though, of seeing Tyler Schott on the field? No, and Joey McGuire, tech head coach, he kind of clarified that Monday during his press conference. 
they're looking at the bye week coming up in a couple of weeks. There's no real rush. He had a plate put in on his left side, uh, trying to protect the collarbone or or just making airport security things go off, whatever. <laughs> they're in no hurry to bring him back right now. Donovan Smith has played well enough, so I don't even know that he will travel. As far as I know, he did not travel to NC State two weeks ago. He is a ways off, so I would be 100% shocked if he was even in Manhattan or, or at the very least suited out. Well, Donovan Smith is the leading passer in the Big 12 right now, thrown for over 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. But he's young, but he's also throwing to some young receivers. How would you grade the passing game right now? The passing game is a work in progress. I think for Zach Kittley, the OC, uh, he has some elements in there that he likes. They try to mesh concepts across the field, not necessarily deep down the field. They made some changes as the game went on against Texas, incorporated the tight ends up the scene, found some of that. It's a very flexible passing game. I think with Donovan Smith, still a young quarterback as far as starts, the thing that we have watched him is he has two things. Either one, he comes to the line of scrimmage and he's already made up his mind where he's going to go, and that turns into a pick six, which we saw against Houston and NC State. Or, on the other side, he holds on to the ball too long. His internal clock is not where it needs to be with this offensive line for Texas Tech. He was much quicker on the release against Texas. Obviously, he had some good numbers. He won the game. But he, he's kind of still a work in progress. And these receivers, minus Miles Price, who's been around, uh, maybe Louis Fungi. As far as we know, that's how we say his name. It looks like an eye chart, but it's Louis Fungi. This passing game is really a work in progress. Now, with the running game, the rushing attack for Texas Tech is right now 3.2 yards per carry, 113 yards per game. Is a slow start with veteran running backs like Sir Roderick Thompson. Is the O-line, is that where it starts? They're a work in progress right now? 100%. This offensive line, you're, dang, uh, you're dinged up. Uh, you lost Spencer Wells in the preseason, the transfer from Western Kentucky. I think they thought he was going to be a linchpin. You brought back Caleb Rogers on the uh, left side, and he got absolutely worked early on against Houston, got a little bit better. This offensive line just hadn't been that good. They were adequate Saturday against Texas. They were adequate. I think a lot of that had to do with Donovan Smith getting rid of the ball quicker. But right now, they're not run blocking very well. That's Roderick Thompson, who you know is a great touchdown generator, been around forever. I think Taj Brooks is one of your toughest running backs you've had, grinding out five or six yards when he can. But make no mistake, this, this running game is not where they need it to be. And if Kansas State can nullify that and put it on the arm of Donovan Smith, then they're going to be able to say, okay, Smith, don't make a mistake. Don't throw a pick six. Do that. And and if if I'm Kansas State, that's kind of where I'm going. I, I want to make Smith beat me. As crazy as that sounds, after he just beat Texas, I want to see it again. Do it one more time. Speaking with Riot Hyatt, he is our guest as we preview Texas Tech. All right, over to the defense. 38th in the country right now in total defense. How good so far has been some veterans? Ed Rusher, Tyree Wilson, probably starts with him, right? Middle linebacker, Chris Sean Merriweather, who forced that uh, fumble from B. John Robinson. This defense, and you've got to understand, as a watcher of Texas Tech football over the last 22 years, it is fascinating and amazing to watch people wearing Texas Tech uniforms, making tackles one-on-one for a defensive line, reestablishing the line of scrimmage in the backfield and having, I believe it's called a TFL or a sack. I had to look it up. Uh, yeah, no, they Tim DeRuiter's defense has exceeded expectations, in my opinion. You mentioned Tyree Wilson. This guy, I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick, maybe second-round, depending on who's drafting where. They have done a nice job controlling the line of scrimmage with a base. And, and, and really, it depends on 
situation, but it's basically an, an, an odd front, give or take for the most part, three or five man front. The linebackers, you mentioned Merriweather making the big play the other day. Uh, and he is just a, a fantastic player to watch. He's been there 32nd year, Texas Tech. Seems, seems like a long time, but you know, with the new COVID rules and everything else. But the thing that is really not getting the notice is the back end of the tank defense isn't getting torched. They're not having teams throw for 500 yards against them and beating them play after play. That's allowing – we had – man, I, I hadn't heard this term in so long. Have you heard the term coverage sack? Are you familiar with that? Yeah, once or twice. Yeah, Texas Tech had a couple of those the last few weeks. We didn't know. We went to the dictionary. We're trying to figure out what it is. Apparently, if the defensive backs cover the receivers, it allows the offensive uh, defensive line to get there and sack the quarterback. Hell, we almost stopped the game and gave out game balls right then. Speaking with Ryan Hyatt from the Raiderland.com, Ryan, you told me in the preseason that – you felt like if Texas Tech beat the teams they should beat, they should be like 500. Well, they're 3-1, and one, a win over Texas. A game against K-State is now four top 25 teams in a row. You're 3-1 and one right now through a third of the season. Has that early success, has that risen your expectations a step higher on what Tech could be this year? No, and here's why. Because I think as we sit there in July and August and we look and we analyze and we say, well, these people look like this and these people look like that and your team's going to do this. Um, then also you start playing games you go, Hey, you know what? Uh, that little team down there in Lawrence may be better than we thought. Um, uh, that team over here might not be good as we thought. I think it's a reshuffling of deck chairs and people get tired of hearing it, but I don't think we really know anything in this league this year because let's put West Virginia way down at the bottom. And then it's everybody else with their name in a hat going, who wants to do something? So to me, it's a cop-out. But no, I really think this is still a six-win team, plus or minus a game if everything goes well. Seven gets you a nicer bowl game. We'll see what happens. But there are teams that are exceeding expectations. There are teams that week to week, I mean, you know, let's take Kansas State. One week, you're freaking out going, lost to two lane, man. The next week, you're going, yeah, beat the hell out of Oklahoma at their place. I know you do that all the time. It's kind of a ritual. So long, long answer to an easy question. Call me back in about two weeks, and let's see where all of us are. That's why I love this conference this year, because anybody right now, in my opinion, one through nine, could win this stinking thing. Minus Kansas, of course, because they're fraudulent and they're uh, cheating, and uh, there's no way they can be that good in Lawrence, and we all know that to be true, right? Nah, there's no way they're good. Duke, I mean, who's Duke in football? I've never even heard of them. No, I did. I saw the uh, halftime score, and I thought, man, uh, they are really playing some good defense over there at Fog Allen. Well, I thought if the uh, college game day was going to be there, I thought they'd probably request to have it in Fog Allen because that's the image of KU basketball. They don't want to show that stadium on national television. Are you kidding me? No, we got. Oh no, you are baiting me into banging on. KU football, and I'm glad to do it because we got like 3A and 2A uh, high school stadiums better than that junkyard. But I didn't say that, and uh, if Ryan Haney ever calls me, I'll deny I ever said it. And that's Ryan Hyatt from theraiderland.com. Big thank you to Ryan for his help on the breakdown of the Texas Tech Raid Raiders. We wrap up Hour 1 after the break, and when we come back, Robert's World, his look at the Texas Tech Red Raiders, and the Big 12 huddle. There was one particular headline that made its rounds nationally over this past week. You're listening to PowerCat Game Day. Follow us on Twitter at PowerCat Game Day and join us in the pregame conversation. PowerCat Game Day continues next.
It's the annual Autumn Mattress Savings Event at Beds for Less, 519 Fort Riley Boulevard. Twin mattresses starting at $99. Queen mattresses just $199. Beds for Less is your Beautyrest Black and Serta Arctic headquarters. Free statewide delivery included with these luxury mattress lines. For a limited time, receive a $200 Amazon gift card with the purchase of any Beautyrest Black or Arctic mattress. Take your mattresses home today with no money down and no credit needed. Same day statewide delivery available. Hurry to Beds for Less, 519 Fort Riley Boulevard in Manhattan. Chicago. Celebrating 25 years of Broadway razzle-dazzle. The Associated Press calls Chicago the most entertaining musical of the decade. Paint the town again with Chicago the Musical. At McCain Auditorium, October 30th, sponsored by Blueville Nursery. The Big 12 Hot Hour. Power Cat Game Day's experts around the Big 12 Conference. The Big 12 Huddle is brought to you by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center. Locally owned with nine locations across Kansas, online at Vanderbilt's.com. Mitch Fortner back with Coleman Bank and Derek Young, both from the Three Mile Podcast. In the Big 12 Huddle, it feels like there's one solid headline from the week. K-State ranked 25th in the country. Those to the east in Lawrence, unranked. And they're 4-0. They came out with a one-possession win last Saturday in Lawrence against Duke. Uh, but they are up in arms about not being ranked. As a matter of fact, it was getting national headlines. A lot of national talking heads saying, why is KU not ranked? Calling the AP voters frauds and cowards for not voting Kansas into the top 25. They're 26th in the AP poll, so they're one spot back of the Cats, but they are on the outside looking in. So I want to get both of your takes. And we'll start with Cole Manbeck. Cole, do you feel that KU should have been ranked this week? No, no. Uh, you you got to beat somebody, and I don't think Kansas has really beaten anybody. Duke was 3-0, and but that was a product. They, their best win was a Northwestern team that uh, lost to Southern Illinois this year. Northwestern has proven to be a very poor football team, uh, so I don't take a lot from that. You have to hold on by the skin of your teeth to beat a Duke team that had the ball inside the KU 30-yard line, down eight with an opportunity to tie and send it to overtime when you have a sold-out crowd and your most energized fan base in a game in probably 13, 14 years. Um, and you just sneak away with the victory in that game. No, Kansas does not need to does not deserve to be ranked at this point. Uh, they haven't played anybody. They played. They beat a Houston team on the road that had high expectations, but Houston's showing themselves to be kind of a train wreck this year. You know, Houston had to sneak by Rice last week by seven uh, in a game. So no, I, I don't think Kansas should be ranked. And it's there's just there's kind of an arrogance right now. I, I live in Kansas City that the Kansas fans get off to a four and start. And there's just a, an arrogance really sweeping across the board uh, when it comes to this, that they think they should be entitled to get ranked, that they should get college game day. And you know, just they haven't earned it yet. So there's more work to be done if they beat Iowa State today. Then yeah, I think you could argue that. For me, it's it doesn't really matter. I guess I, I know that's a weird, probably lame answer, but it'll just come down to what happens when they when they play Iowa State because that's the prove it game. That's the only team that that they have played this far 
that has a pulse. So that's that's what it'll come down to. If they beat Iowa State, don't get ranked. I'm not sure why it matters when it happens. When it you, they'll be ranked in like a day, two days, uh, if they can beat the Cyclones. I don't think they can do it for the record. Should KU be ranked in the top 25? I also asked that question to KC superfan Robert Lipson. We're going to hear from him right now with Robert's World brought to you by High V. Gear up for your next tailgate at Manhattan High V, where there's a helpful smile in every aisle. It's time for Robert's World. Respect the streak. Robert's World with K-State superfan Robert Lipson. Welcome to another edition of Robert's World on Powercat Game Day. I'm Mitch Fortner with K-State superfan Robert Lipson. Robert, another trip down to Norman, Oklahoma, another win for the Wildcats. How was your trip? Well, it was 195 consecutive road games in conference play. Remember, we lost to Arkansas State 35-31 during the COVID year of 2020. And then when things couldn't look any dimmer, we go down to the covered wagon and we beat them in Gaylord Family Stadium. Okay, an improbable. We were trailing 28 to 7 and then 35 to 14. Although Spencer got rattled in the pocket, which helped, but we won that game 38 to 35. This year, you can see the same scenario. The team has an improbable loss to the Green Wave, and then they come back and have an improbable win against the covered wagon. I thought we were the better team. I thought we controlled the game for the most part. We never trailed. And remember, Adrian beat the covered wagon with his feet, not his arm on that crucial third down with 2 minutes and 37 seconds left to go in the game to lead to our put-it-away touchdown. I still don't know how good the covered wagon is, but I knew I know that the gut check we had against Tulane really helped us. Otherwise, we might still be playing them right now in overtime. Now, K-State is now ranked 25th in the country. KU is 4-0 and not ranked. Do you think KU should be ranked? Yes, they, they should be, and I'm surprised that we are ranked. Against Yosemite Sam, even though they beat the Mad Cows in an improbable win, I, I, I left that tailgate when uh, Yosemite Sam kicked the field goal of 26 seconds up to go, and then the Mad Cows came back and scored the, what made it worse for the Mad Cow. I heard that uh, because I left the game and ready to go inside the stadium. Yosemite Sam kicked the field goal and then the Mad Cow fumbled their possession So, and then the fans rushed the field. I think we, we, we should beat them because of obvious home cooking. Like I thought we would beat the Tony the Tiger. But you should have heard the cheers that went up among the covered wagon tailgates down there as soon as the game was actually over. You know, big cheer. You could hear it all over. What is your schedule for today when it comes to tailgating? Today I'm going to be on the grass and satellite lots only. That means I will start on the on the agronomy. Now remember, grass and satellite lots are only everything between the agronomy and the fire station. So I'll start at the agronomy maybe about 7.30 in the morning. So get there early and, and, and uh, go toward the fire station before the game. And if anybody's left, I'll start at the fire station and go maybe halfway. All right, Robert. Another home one. Breakfast football at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Enjoy the game. I think we'll be fine today. I think uh, that two-lane loss actually helped us. God knows what would have happened down at Gaylord Family Stadium had we prevailed against Tulane. Maybe we would have still won it anyway in overtime. You never know. You have a wonderful decade. Roberts, Roberts World. And that'll wrap up hour number one on PowerCat Game Day. Still to come in hour number two, our top three storylines. Our coach interview this week is with defensive coordinator Joe Klanerman. Under further review, pick six, what to watch for, and our predictions are still to come. PowerCat Game Day brought to you by the McCain Performance Series, bringing the best to the Flint Hills in Broadway music, theater, family shows, and comedy. Kids 17 and under always have price. Get your tickets online today. 
Hour 2 of Powercade Game Day is next. The game is just the beginning. Get post-game video highlights and exclusive analysis online at PowercadeGameDay.com. Ready to upgrade your next company gathering? Meeting Space at Midwest Dream Car Collection offers one-of-a-kind entertainment in a stunning museum setting. Book a private meeting room and your guests can explore over 60 vehicle exhibits and enjoy beer and wine on tap. With modern audiovisual and a versatile setup, it's the perfect fit no matter the occasion. Holiday availability is limited, so contact Midwest Dream Car Collection today and celebrate in style this December. For more information, visit them online at MidwestDreamCarCollection.org. Every body is different. Some get injured and others wear down. At Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, your unique condition is at the center of what we do. Locally owned, OSMC is all-inclusive, featuring state-of-the-art equipment and treatment from diagnosis through surgery, physical therapy, and a return to activity to get you back to an active and pain-free life. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, the same doctors trusted by Kansas State University. The greatest comebacks begin here. More information at kansasortho.com. 